Okay, thank you so much for tuning in to the Todd Coconato Podcast, otherwise known as The Remnant. Welcome, Remnant Warriors. Welcome, Gideons 300. I'm so thankful that you guys have tuned in today. And by the way, uh, we're updating the ToddCoconato.com website, so when you go onto the website, you can actually become a official Remnant Warrior and Gideon 300. So stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have that up there very, very soon. But thank you for tuning in. I have some uh, very important stuff to talk about today. I mentioned yesterday that we are going to talk about the Great Reset because a lot of people are asking me about Bitcoin and alternative uh, places where they can put their finances if they have some nest egg and you know being diversified. And I want to first of all just say I am not a financial planner. So please, uh, you know, the information that I'm giving you is based on my own research, but I would always encourage you to not take my word for it, but to do your own research. I'm just having a conversation from what I have been able to, uh, you know, gather from the, the various research that we've done and uh, in my personal life and, and, and just, uh, you know, being a concerned citizen and a patriot about the direction of where our nation and our world is going from a, uh, an economic standpoint and I know, uh, being around the former uh, Trump administration, you know that this was a very hot topic and something that you didn't hear much on the mainstream media. In fact, you'll probably hear almost nothing of this, as usual, because they run cover for this type of thing, even though it's some of the biggest stories. So if the mainstream media was really doing their job, think about it, they would be reporting on such things, and it would be in their, in their interest to do so. Because, uh, you know, if, if they were really investigative journalists, they would want to be bringing you and me the facts and the story. But we know that they're owned and bought and paid for by six corporations, 90 to 95%. And so that's why I often tell you the mainstream media is really just a propaganda arm of the deep state and the left, you know, the left. And so they're not going to be telling you stories like this. And that's why people are flocking in droves to the alternative media because people are hungry and they're searching and they want somebody they can trust and uh, I'm hoping that, that you do trust us here at Remnant News and the Todd Coconato Podcast. Uh, you know, we, we want to bring you accurate information. We do our due diligence in doing research. But again, we're not financial planners, so I just want you to know that. Uh, but let's talk about this because it's very important, very, very important subject matter. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to go to the World Economic Forum's own website. What I find is that if I go to their own sites, uh, it's really hard to fact check me because... Any fact checker, all they have to do is go to the website and I'll read off the website and then I'll give you some commentary on what it, what I think this means. And we can kind of go through it together because I think it's important. So if you want to follow along, just go to the World Economic Forum website. Their their website domain is we, W-E-F-O-R-U-M.org. That's the World Economic Forum website. And then you can do uh, weforum.org slash great dash reset and that's where we are and that's where i'm reading from so it's right on their own website and it says here's the con context it says the covid 19 crisis and the political economic and social disruptions it has caused is fundamentally changing the traditional context for decision making uh, the inconsistencies inadequacies and contradictions of multiple systems from health and financial to energy and education are more exposed than ever amidst a global context of concern for lives, livelihoods, and the planet. Leaders, leaders find themselves at a historic crossroads managing the short-term pressures against the medium and long-term uncertainty. So let me start by saying this, okay? Now, again, this is my opinion, but I've done research on this, and I believe that this is more factual than opinion. Uh, but it seems to me 
as you look at what the World Economic Forum has been talking about in previous years, not just uh, in 2019, but in 2018, 2017, is, is that they were leading up to uh, some type of what I call an event. And uh, this, this an event, when I say an event, it's, it's something that will change the direction of the way the world operates. Now, uh, there's smaller events that are like shootings or uh, you know different things that they use to help achieve their agenda. Uh, we think of the Antifa riots where they're burning down the cities and the BLM uh, you know riots and the, and the various things. Remember Chaz and all those different things. Uh, those are events as well. Um, in fact, I think many of those events are, are data points that really, if you look from a, a historic standpoint timeline, you can see that it was, uh, for instance, George Floyd. Uh, George Floyd in that situation, whether whatever whatever you believe about it, whether you believe it was planned or you believe it was just happenstance and actually happened uh, in the way that the mainstream media is saying it happened, uh, we know that it did happen regardless, right? It's, I mean, something happened, obviously, whether the man actually died, whether he was, whether it was a real situation, whether it was a false flag, we may never know. Uh, we may have certain beliefs. We may have certain information that leads us to believe a certain way. But at this particular time and juncture in history, we don't have the absolute proof to say, yes, it was a false flag or yes, it was this. But again, people that have studied the deep state and they've studied the way that the globalists and those that are uh, kind of shaping and shifting our world from behind the scenes, like what we call the shadow government, it is kind of suspect. And when you dig into it deeper, I found a lot of really interesting things uh, that I call data points along the lines of the uh, George Floyd situation. I even talked about it with uh, former Congressman uh, Michelle Bachman on my show, and I was heavily censored for that show. She actually broke some groundbreaking information that I did not know on that show and uh, really was an eye-opener for me. But we, we you know, did a lot of research about George Floyd all the way back to who this man was, uh, the connections around the nightclub, who the nightclub owner was, uh, the police officer that was involved, the connection to George Floyd. There was a lot of interesting information that came out. But regardless of that situation, what happened was that then, uh, you know, because of that event or because of that, what happened, that, that, that situation, it, it caused a lot of different things. So we saw Black Lives Matter uh, burning down cities. We saw a lot of change in the way the curriculum of the schools are structured. We saw churches and other organizations adopting uh, a whole new thought process when it comes to um, the way that um, people look at race relations and uh, something that's uh, very interesting that's now kind of uh, become part of this liberal um, infiltration in the church. They call it critical race theory. That's also been introduced and highly um, expanded in its, in its uh, reach into the mainstream church. So you may have seen some of these things. It may be concerning to you if you have discernment of the Holy Spirit and you're praying on these things. You know there's probably something more going on because you feel it in your spirit. And we as the remnant body of Christ, we're talking about this because we think it needs to be addressed and talked about. But again, that situation was an event. Uh, another event, let's think of the, the Vegas shooting. That was an event. And these all are used to push an agenda uh, either they're just um, organic and they happen, and then what the left says is never let a good crisis go to waste. So they'll use it for their agenda anyways, even if it was an organic situation. Or sometimes it's what we call a false flag event, which was actually planned and uh, organized. I think the event at the um, Capitol on the 6th in D.C., from, from what we are seeing, even mainstream reporting is now saying it was planned. So to me, that is a prime example of a false flag event. 
So all these things, when you look at these different things and you start becoming a truth seeker and understanding that there's usually more to the story and, and we're, we're meant to actually question the, the mainstream narrative and take it to the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and discernment and, and do your research. Now, Google has really made it very difficult to search for things these days. Google used to be a lot better many years ago, but now they really make it hard to actually find evidence and things that you're looking for because they know that there's millions of, of truth seekers uh, that are out there that are looking for truth. So they, they're now cutting the truth and it's almost like a communist country where uh, searches are, are being disrupted and, and different search results are coming to being than what should organically happen because they are blocking content from being able to be seen, just like they're doing on YouTube as well, where they've taken down a tremendous amount of content, just like they're taking down constantly people like myself that are truth tellers that are out here because they don't want us talking about anything other than the mainstream narrative. They don't want, they'll, they'll label this conspiracy. They'll tell you it's, it's false, even when we're looking right at the website. So all these things to me, and now going into uh, this great reset, which the World, World Economic Forum is talking about, uh, it, to me, it makes sense because I've been looking and talking about the dollar and the fact that it's the global reserve currency, but that that global reserve currency status, which was established during something called the Brenton Woods Agreement, and that was during the time of World War II, uh, where they needed to have a new global reserve currency and they shifted from the British pound sterling. So they went to the uh, new global reserve currency, which was the U.S. dollar, which at that time was able to be backed by gold. And so it was much more, uh, the, you know, a dollar had much more value. A dollar, the dollar uh, today has lost a tremendous amount of its purchasing power and continues to lose a tremendous amount. And then during the Nixon administration, they actually depegged the dollar from gold and from the gold standard. And they brought it into what they call the petrodollar system. And the petrodollar system uh, basically was uh, something that was orchestrated by uh, Henry Kissinger. And he went over to the OPEC nations and to Saudi Arabia and basically established the petrodollar, which meant that no nation could really tr uh, trade oil in their own currency. They had to go from their uh, currency. So let's, let's just say it was Great Britain from the, you know, the British pound. They would have to go from the pound to uh, the U.S. dollar to oil in order to buy barrels of oil. And so the dollar was used as the global reserve currency, and it was pegged to oil, which was called the petrodollar. Now, of course, many years later, they you know developed the euro. And what's happened over the last decade or so is, is that countries have been doing what's called bilateral trade deals. And in the bilateral trade deals, what they're actually doing is they're going around the U.S. dollar, and they are uh, buying oil in their own currency, uh, currency to currency. And so that has kind of uh, caused some cracks in the ceiling, if you will, of the U.S. dollar hegemony in the world. And, uh, it, and it's been going that direction. Of course, there was also the BRICS nations and alternatives to the SWIFT system and alternatives to the World Bank and, uh, you know, the different uh, systems that have been put in place by, you know, the, the British and the Westerns and, you know, the Western world and the U.S. dollar and the way that money is shifted from uh, one entity to another. Usually they use SWIFT, which is the, the banking system, that they can send money. And so when a country is sanctioned, let's say like Iran, they, they can't use the, sh the, the system because it's, it's denominated in U.S. dollars, and that causes great harm to their economy. That's why the U.S. has so much influence and power when it comes to our ability to sanction countries. And we've been able to do this for many years in sanctioning Russia and sanctioning you know, various countries based on uh, their behavior because we have the global reserve currency. And so that is another reason why Russia and China and some of these other countries would love to see the U.S. dollar dethroned. Now, China has made the most advancement when it comes to making an alternative system. 
and China is really starting to become uh, one of the you know major players in the world and the the antithesis, if you will, to the United States uh, being um, you know a, a, an alternative system, and they've created alternative systems, an alternative to the SWIFT banking system. So China will eventually overtake the United States. At least that's the plan of the globalists. And the reason why they want that to be is because they don't like the U.S. Constitution. And uh, the shining city on a hill that Reagan uh, talked about was the biggest threat to the globalization of the world and to, uh, you know, one world global government. So they don't want the United States. In fact, the United States is in the way. What they would like to see, and Obama, this is his philosophy, and this is Joe Biden's philosophy, and most on the modern left, is they look up to China. And they honestly, now you always wonder, why do these politicians seem like, you know, they hate America? Well, they do. I mean, Obama, remember his wife literally said, this is the first time I've ever been proud of America in my life. And that was when they were doing something that wasn't uh, really uh, that, that great, you know. And, and, and so uh, she's never been, I guess, proud of the United States. They, they are not. I mean, Obama had to be forced to wear the little flag pin. I mean, if, when the media was calling him out, uh, some on the conservative side, he finally started wearing it. But he, he, those people don't like the United States. They don't want to see the United States be the global superpower. They don't want uh, America first. That's why they're literally America last. Look what's happened in the shift of the way Biden is uh, issuing out these executive orders, 30 plus, in his first couple of weeks. And, and they're all anti-American. I mean, he's stopping the Keystone Pipeline, you know, which, which uh, you know, diminishes our ability to have uh, be an energy independent country that President Trump was so proud of being able to accomplish for the first time in many years and all these other things that that are against the American worker against American jobs against American independence they're they're going back to the globalist policies and that's why so many people are so upset and we just saw a horrible jobs report with like 800,000 uh, jobs uh, that people have lost that, that that have just gone on unemployment well that is no surprise considering the horrific policies of Joe Biden and his administration it really is not Biden. It's it's the globalists and their agenda. And so when you see all these things and you look at them in kind of the, uh, you know, 50,000 feet uh, perspective, you know, when you take a step back and you look at them, you understand they're all not just happening um, on their own. Like there's not just no reason why Biden is doing what he's doing with the Keystone XL pipeline. There's not no reason why these policies are being implemented. The reason why they're being implemented is because they fit an overarching agenda. And the overarching agenda is this globalist agenda of bringing the United States into the UN Agenda 2030. And um, there's even a video that they came out with where they said, you will own nothing and you'll love it. And that's their goal. They want people to be out of homes, you know, not to be underwater, uh, not to be able to have small businesses. They only want the corporations, the big corporations. That's why I always say buy local because we want to fight against this. Um, and, and, you know, they're trying to take down the mom and pop shops. They're trying to take down the small business owners. And so if you're a small business owner, you're feeling the pressure and you're feeling the heat and you're wondering why. Well, COVID-19 is a perfect vehicle for them to initiate their great reset. They needed a cataclysmic event. As we look at the data points, yeah, of course, there's a real virus. And yes, people have died. But there's also people like 60,000 people that die every year of the, the regular flu. So the numbers are not that crazy if you take out all the other deaths because every other death has been lowered in order to uh, make the COVID-19 deaths higher. And if people have died of other reasons, they're all saying they died of COVID. Well, they need this narrative and they need this big fear campaign that everybody thinks that we're in this horrible pandemic. But if that's the case, why aren't the homeless people in the homeless encampments just dying in the droves? Why isn't there, uh, you know, numbers to really show that we're in this massive pandemic when you look at the year on year uh, death rates, they're not really, they're just incrementally, if that, 
higher than the year before. In fact, uh, last year, it was pretty much the same. So if we're in this massive pandemic, why aren't the death rates way higher? Because that would be uh, how you would valid, you know, validate the fact that we're in a massive pandemic. But see, they have to keep this whole campaign going where they shift the numbers and they shift the death. You know, They call different deaths COVID and all these different things because this will push the fear that they need to keep the people in their homes, locked down, wearing masks, doing all the things in order to live in fear so that they can continue with saying, oh, well, you know, this is cataclysmic event. And that's where we're at now with the World Economic Forum. I know I'm speaking a million miles an hour because I'm trying to get this all in. So that's the context part of the COVID-19 crisis, how they got to this place. They needed an event. They needed a massive event. They got a massive event. And it was an orchestrated event. That's why they had Event 201 in October. And that was a, a precursor uh, a drill, if you will, of, of a possible pandemic scenario, which literally happened and rolled out a couple months later. You had George Soros in Davos literally saying, literally saying that President Trump is going to have a massive uh, situation that he's going to have to deal with. And so he won't become president again. And he said that with extreme confidence a year before any of it even happened. So how, what did he know that others didn't? And of course, he knew a lot because he's funding a lot of it. So the opportunity that they're calling on the World Economic Forum, own, their own website, is his they have a unique window of opportunity, I'm reading right from the website, to shape this recovery. This initiative will offer insights to help all those determining the future state of global relations, the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of businesses, models, and, and the management of global commons. Uh, drawing from a vision of vast expertise of the leaders engaged across the forum's uh, communities, the Great Reset Initiative has a set of dimensions to build a new social contract. This is scary that honors the dignity of every human being. Well, they say that, they say that, but is that really the case? Because we know that their agenda is actually to see many less people living on the planet Earth. So if that's, if that's what they want to see is many, many less people that are currently alive, how do they reach that objective? Even Bill Gates has been uh, seen in TED Talk saying, we need to get to this number. Here's where we're at now. Well, that's pretty scary because that means that you know, millions, if not billions of people have to die. Well, how would they die? Well, then you know, bring in the pandemic, bring in vaccines, bring in, you know, many different ways, food shortages, that they're talking about all these things. Uh, why is Bill Gates talking about food shortages? Why is he talking about synthetic meat? We know that the synthetic meat has not been fully tested. We know that it causes people to have certain ailments. So is that another thing that, you know, these, these burgers that people think are so great, I think some people call them like Beyond Burgers or something like that, but these burgers have not really been tested in the long term. Are they, I mean, they're synthetic, you know, some of them are plant-based. I understand that. But some of the ingredients are also chemical and, you know, not naturally made. And I'm all, I'm a big, uh, you know, a person of natural foods and, and not eating the GMOs, which I think has caused a major uptick in the cancer and a lot of the other ailments that we're seeing in our generation. And, um, you know, a lot of the pesticides and the different chemicals that they use on the crops and a lot of, you know, the uh, preservatives. And I mean, I just go on and on with all the unhealthy things that we consume and uh, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I, I'm very much um, somebody who believes that we should study and look at our diet, that diet is a big factor in our health and that God does want us to be wise in what we're eating because this is part of, uh, you know, taking care of the temple. And we don't want to, not only do we not want to be gluttonous, but we also want to make sure the food that we're consuming is the most healthy food that we can be putting in our body because that ultimately is the fuel and what our body uses to get energy. And we don't want it to have all these chemicals and processed foods and GMOs. But again, that's a way that they can cause slowly because it's not something that happens overnight, but people to get cancer and, and diabetes and 
um, different ailments that come from it, you know, because of their diet. And again, people don't talk about these things. It should be talked about at the pulpit, but it's really not. I mean, barely anybody talks about this type of thing from the pulpit. So just something that I like to talk about because I think these things are all important. So let's get back to the Great Reset here because I got to cover this in, in a few minutes here. So they're, they're offering, like they're basically saying, here's the context, here's the opportunities. And then they have this like hub for cutting edge ideas. You know, leadership is enabling the stakeholder capitalism and delivering solutions to global challenges. You know, great reset dialogues. And then they have all these, um, you know, articles that have been written, new paradigm for collaboration, mission-based ecosystems, which is like a big global green new deal. You know, which industries are now teleworking and what are the challenges? So they want many people to be working remotely and from home, you know, so that less people will be on the roads, less people will have the ability to travel. They're talking about like the COVID pass and uh, in order to travel, you have to have this COVID pass. They're already initiating, I think it's called a green pass in Israel. And some people are making excuses for it and saying it's a great thing. But what they're saying is that you have to be vaccinated with vaccines that really have not been tested to the full extent of what they should be. And uh, many people are developing ailments and blood diseases and different things from these vaccines. You know, I know it's just a small percentage, but hey, those are lives. And there are people that were otherwise completely healthy that took the vaccine. And then after they take the vaccine, all of a sudden they have an autoimmune disorder, you know, which is very troubling and very concerning. And so it's like you're, you're literally playing Russian roulette when you take these and no, that's not a conspiracy. That is what people in the, in the medical industry are saying behind the scenes. That's why even Mark Zuckerberg came out and he got caught on a hot mic saying he's not sure he'd want to take a vaccine. Well, sure, Mark, I'm sure you wouldn't because you're playing Russian roulette and he knows it. So, uh, so let me get back to the, the uh, solutions here. How do we avoid what they're trying to accomplish? Because we know that UN Agenda 2030 is well underway. We've already, you know, we're in 2021. The last UN Agenda was Agenda 21. We're now seeing the effects of Agenda 21. We're, we're fastly moving and approaching into Agenda 2030. We're seeing uh, the fact that they don't want as many people owning homes. It's, they're making it much harder to get a bank loan. I don't know if you've applied for one recently, but they make you jump through a ton of hoops. They do a very stringent background check on you financially. And that's because they're making it harder and harder for people to actually have uh, homes. They don't, home ownership. They want people to rent. And uh, they're also, for the homes that they are making, they're making them with less property. They're building them higher. And, uh, you know, some of them are right on top of each other, more of like city living. They want people to live in certain city areas so they can keep them in a control grid for the smart cities that'll be rolling out. And the 5G system, which I believe is the main component for the global reset is the 5G because they need to bring all the dollars. I was explaining this to my parents the other day. It's very scary, but it's exactly what the Bible talks about with the beast system. But what they're doing is they're basically making it where we're eventually going to be rolled into this digital cashless society, very similar to Bitcoin. So I think that's why there's been uh, kind of a pushback from Christians or resistance where many Christians don't want to get Bitcoin. I understand this. So let me just talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin are basically currencies that are on a system called blockchain technology. And what it is, is it basically is just like uh, there's a supply and demand and it's on a blockchain system, which means that, you know, a person can't just hack it and steal it because the, uh, the system is run through millions of computers, so it's not just on one centralized computer, so it makes it hard to hack and destroy because there's so many computers that are running this system. So as long as the system, like the World Wide Web, is up and, uh, you know, there's not a total takedown of the entire Internet, uh, you know, the, the, it's really not housed on the Internet anyway. It's housed on many, many different servers. So the, the system itself is pretty safe uh, when it comes to Bitcoin, but it is 
a system that is very up and down. I mean, it's it's very up and down. So, you know, if you're going to put in like 10 grand, you know, and then watch it every single minute of every single day, you're going to be biting your thumbs and, you know, your fingernails because it's going to be uh, up and down, up and down. It's highly volatile. But uh, in the long run, it has gone up, gone up, up, up quite substantially. I'll give an example. In the last year, Bitcoin started, uh, you know, in the last year. Let me see here. Let me pull it up so I have the exact amount. It was somewhere in the in the um, in the in the three thousand range. So it was three thousand eight hundred fifty eight dollars in this last year. It's now fifty five thousand dollars for one Bitcoin. So you would have made uh, fifty two thousand dollars if you would have put thirty eight hundred dollars in. So think about that. That's pretty substantial. You made a lot of money. Um, and so Bitcoin continues to rise. Now, why is Bitcoin rising so much? And why are these other cryptocurrencies rising? And by the way, each cryptocurrency is a little bit different. I'm, I'm not going to have time to get into Ethereum and some of the other ones like Litecoin, which are some of the big ones. But, um, you know, you can buy Ethereum is kind of like silver and Bitcoin is kind of like gold. So they call it digital gold. They do have value. They are real money. Um, they're not, I wouldn't say now, a lot of people are going to get mad at me because they're not real money. The only real money is, is money that's not fiat. And the only money that's not fiat is gold and silver and precious, precious metals. That's real money. It will never lose its value. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. But Bitcoin is, is a uh, digital real money. So it's not real money, but it's a digital version of gold and silver. So, um, you know, I think there's risks involved. I wouldn't say take all your money, but if you, if you have a thousand or two thousand dollars that you have kind of hanging around, you want to diversify, it might be something you might want to do. Maybe even more than that. I know some people that have 30, 40,000 in Bitcoin. If you have that kind of money and that's not a substantial amount of money to you and you can put it in there. And it, you know, the, the bottom line, what I always tell people is put into Bitcoin what you wouldn't mind completely losing because you could lose it. I mean, it could crash at any moment. And so you don't want to have your life savings in Bitcoin because if you do that, uh, it's highly volatile. But if you have the ability to put 10 grand and diversify, you know, maybe you have a couple hundred thousand and you want to put like 10 grand into it, do it. I mean, I don't see the problem with that because you're able to make money. It has gone up pretty substantially in the last few months and it probably will continue to go up. And the reason why I think it's going to continue to go up is because people like myself and others that know the finan financial world are looking at, you know, the U.S. dollar and losing, you know, possibly losing the global reserve currency status of the U.S. dollar. And they're saying to themselves, oh my gosh, like, where can I put some money to like, if I needed to get out of the United States or if I needed to buy something and the dollar were to crash overnight or the banks were to have some type of, uh, you know, uh, run on the banks like we saw uh, many, many years ago in the United States, you know, not in our lifetime. But, you know, if there was a run on the banks or the U.S. dollar were to collapse or, uh, you know, go into hyperinflation, which we've seen happen in other countries, and we don't foresee that necessarily happening in the United States. But if that were to happen, where can you have still some assets? And that would be in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And so a lot of people have run to that as a hedge against uh, a total collapse scenario. So the other situation, though, is, is, of course, I would definitely recommend to everybody is having some gold and silver. Uh, silver is more affordable. Uh, gold is a little bit harder. And also, you know, in the scenario that we were to have no money, uh, gold would be harder to trade because if you're just trying to get food to your family and gold is worth like, you know, let's say 500 US dollars or whatever, it might go up to even more than that at some point for an ounce. You know, you're not going to want to just give somebody a full ounce. You know, you want to be able to do trade. So uh, in that scenario, it's better to have uh, silver coins, which have a little bit less value, and uh, but they're still real money and they'll never lose their value ever. So, you know, you can't really lose with gold and silver. The prices do go up and down uh, when it comes to uh, how it trades against the U.S. dollar. 
But at the end of the day, uh, you're never going to lose your money. Silver has never been, uh, you know, worth zero. Gold has never been worth zero. They always will be. That's why they are officially real money. So again, for for the people that know this uh, this space really well, and you're listening to me, don't get mad at me for calling Bitcoin real money. It's not real money. It's real digital money. <laughs> so, uh, but it's not real money. The only real money I want to be very clear about this is gold and silver and precious metals and things of value. So, of course, the other thing that you could do to hedge against the Great Reset would be to have property, which to have real assets like, you know, cars that you own outright, um, you know, house that you own outright, things, goods, things that you could trade and barter in the case that you need to. And I think trading and bartering is going to be something that we're going to see in the future. Now, do I think the U.S. dollar is going to collapse? Many people are going to ask me that. I do think at some point the U.S. dollar is going to lose its global reserve currency status. In fact, I think that's the plan of the Great Reset. I think the Great Reset will, in fact, dethrone the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. And I think what will happen after that is, is we'll be more like the British pound sterling, where we'll lose about 30 to 40 percent of our intrinsic value overnight. And if we do that, if we lose that amount of money, well, you go to buy a loaf of bread. Let's say it costs three dollars now. You know, that loaf of bread is going to cost seven, eight dollars at some point. Uh, maybe even more. Uh, gasoline, a gallon of gasoline is going to be maybe $10. So you're going to lose a lot of your purchasing power. And so even if you're getting paid the same, or even if they up your salary, it's not going to be matching the major loss that your purchasing power of your US dollar had. So that's why people that have assets, people that are living on a fixed income, you're going to want to diversify at some level to where you at least have some gold and silver, maybe you have some cryptos, you have other things, you know, I, I would say you can't really lose with, uh, of course, the, the market could crash and you could lose on real estate, but you still own the property. If you have money outright, uh, it's never going to be worth nothing, you know, unless, you know, something happens like a meteor hits your property or something crazy. But, you know, for, for most uh, situations, you know, hard assets are going to be key. And uh, a lot of people are going to be caught without any hard assets because most generation, you know, why and uh, millennials don't even have hard assets. They don't even own a home, many people. And, you know, again, I'm not against you if you don't own a home or, you know, I get it. I mean, you're young and you're trying to figure out how to own things. And there's some adults that don't own homes. There's some people my age that don't own homes. So, you know, you have to go to like the red states and sometimes in the middle of nowhere to even own a home, you know. So I get it because, you know, I certainly couldn't own a home in Los Angeles. Forget it. I don't have that kind of money. You know, I'm in a condo in Los Angeles was like $600,000. You know, but you can go to some red states, maybe in the outskirts of Texas or Tennessee or Ohio or Kentucky or Indiana, and you can find some homes in the 200000 range or 100000 range, and you can be a homeowner, but then you live in that place. So uh, I think it's better personally because at least you own a home and it's a nice place to raise a family, find a good community. And that's why a lot of people are leaving the red, uh, the blue states in droves because they just don't, they don't want, they don't want to live in New York City and have a small place that's, you know, a million dollars. And they're looking at their quality of life. And they're just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I want a place where I can kind of, you know, have a yard and have some property. And so, you know, these are things that you need to be thinking about. Where's God positioning you for these next couple of years as things change? Listen, even if President Trump, I talked about it on a live stream today, even if there was some crazy thing that, that we can't foresee that were to put President Trump back in the White House. And that's a good crazy thing, right? That would be amazing. But, you know, even if there's some major thing that happens that's really positive and we see things really turning around, which we're praying and believing will happen. You know, even if that happens, though, these things that I'm talking about are still full steam ahead. And he's going to have to try to reverse that and have a, an alternative system to throw us into, which I believe the president does have that plan. I think that that's something that he's been planning. But we don't know how this is all going to turn out. All we can do is pray. But this Great Reset is coming at us like a freight train. And if you study these things, like their own website, I couldn't get into it in the 30 minutes that we have on the broadcast. You can see how fast I'm talking here. 
But obviously, there's a lot of there there. And I wrote an article on it many months ago, which I understand there's a connection between COVID-19 and the Great Reset. I think it's part of their overarching agenda. And uh, what they're trying to do is to, you know, get small businesses to close, get people to work remotely, get people used to a very new system and kind of programmed in their minds, uh, you know, doing things differently than we have historically and get us ready and prepared in our minds uh, by mass um you know, uh, indoctrination and uh, propaganda and uh, social conditioning to basically get us um, to a place where we think that uh, this is okay. And many people will think it's okay. But I think that people that have discernment and wisdom, you're going to think about this and say, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like, I totally get what Pastor Todd's saying. So anyways, I wish I could talk about more. I could probably talk about this for hours and hours and hours. And one of these days we will. Let me know in your comments if this is helpful or if this just made you super confused because this is really high-level information. And to some people, it's very confusing, and I get that. But these are the types of things that we talk about on the Remnant Broadcast because if you're a listener of the Remnant Broadcast and you're a listener, you're part of the Remnant Warriors, it's wise to understand and know what's going on in our world and how we can at least prepare in some aspect. Now, again, I'm not a financial planner. Don't say Pastor Todd said to go buy $10,000 in Bitcoin. I didn't say that. I said pray about it and ask the Lord and see if you should diversify uh, if you do have a savings. And if you don't have a savings, I'm not here to attack you because honestly, we don't have a lot of savings. But, you know, we try to have some savings because we try to be prepared as parents and, you know, as a ministry. But uh, I wish that we had more resources and we believe God will bring resources to the kingdom. I believe there's going to be a shift. Uh, some people out there that may be listening to this broadcast, maybe you are somebody that the Lord has anointed to be somebody that can bless uh, people like us that get this information out there. So there's people with different anointings and you know, there's people with different callings. I just want you to know God is going to take care of you and your needs according to his riches and glory, no matter what the situation is. Um, you know, I, I found him to be extremely faithful and he always takes care of our needs. And I know that there's a reason why he has us in the particular situation that we are in because uh, it keeps us relying on him and relying on him for our needs each and every day because uh, we have no other choice but to rely on him, right? So I'm going to continue to do the podcast uh, every weekday because we are the Remnant Warriors and God has put this on my heart to do. And I am so appreciative of you guys. You are amazing people. If you made it through me talking so fast today, then you have a, uh, you're pretty awesome. Because <laughs> I really tried to put as much as I could in a half hour show. But um, hopefully it made some sense. Hopefully I helped you a little bit here. Study The Great Reset. Look at their websites on the World Economic Forum. Listen to other people like myself that are commentators that are talking about it, uh, that, are, that are people that you can trust. If you have questions for me, I will answer them on the show. Let me know. Put them on my websites or, uh, you know, you can put it on the contact form on the website or you can put it on the posts. You know, I'll actually put up a post with questions that we can talk about on Monday's show. But hopefully this helped. Have a great weekend. Hopefully you guys are digging out of the snow in many parts of the country. Uh, if you're in Florida or California or other places, you're, you're probably just kicking back in the sun. But if you're in the uh, Midwest or the central part of the nation or some of the other places that got hit really hard, uh, I pray your power's back on. I pray that you're safe. I pray that your family is well. Uh, I thank you to those that are able to help support this broadcast. If you have it in your heart to do so, uh, please go to toddcoconato.com. It's T-O-D-D-C-O-C-O-N-A-T-O.com slash give. And that helps support the broadcast so that we can continue to do these every day. My wife is a blessing. She lets me do it. Uh, you know, the ministry is, is moving forward. We have many, many things that are on our ducket that, are, that we're doing. Uh, I've listed them out a couple times this week, but I'll do it again if anybody would like to see. Uh, I have a Zoom call coming up for Remnant Leaders. 
If you have not reached out to me yet but would like to be a remnant leader in your community, please do so at emailing me, todd.cocoonato at rlcus.org, O-R-G. Um, and I would be happy to uh, hear from you and uh, put you on the list for the Zoom call so that we can all get together and talk about how we're going to move forward as remnant warriors in our community and our cities. And uh, God is doing a new thing. And I love to just talk about the Lord. I think we're going to maybe do that on Monday's show, even though I know I still owe you guys a great uh, explanation about what I think is a coming deception when it comes to UFOs, something that I think we need to discuss. But I thought the Great Reset was something we should talk about. I wish I could have gotten it in more depth, but I hopefully this helped you. Bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in and be praying for what's happening in the courts today. Hopefully something will move these cases forward and we'll see breakthrough. I did a video about it on Facebook today if you want to tune in. God bless.